X-Block coming to you live from Toronto, Ontario and Bossier City, Louisiana. This is your Xbox experience. Yes, you are indeed listening to the X-Block episode 2. Nothing we do for the rest of the show will be as hype as our intro. And we're only using our intro until we get copyrighted. But I'm your host, Jaron Kerr, and I'm joined by Caleb Greer. Hey, and this is our second episode. Indeed. But probably our first. <laughs> Most likely. Uh, and actually our third. Well, kinda. <laughs> Under a different moniker, we tried one episode and it went all right, but we learned some stuff. Started over again. Better name, more focused. The X Block. Your Xbox experience. And today's news. We're starting outside of the box, and then we're going into the X block. But first, we kind of wanted to talk a bit about how we know each other, so you guys get a feeling for who your hosts are going to be. I'm from Toronto, Ontario, and I met Caleb by going on the Rooster Teeth forums. Shout out to them. Yeah, one summer, Jaren and I were just like, what, dicking around, talking to people on the Rooster Teeth forums. Back when Rooster Teeth, I feel, was a little better. They're like an internet content site known for Achievement Hunter and... Red versus blue and all those things, if you weren't curious, if you didn't know, whatever. Uh, and I was on the forums, and this dude was like, hey, man, I just got an Xbox. Does anybody want to play some games? And I was like, well, I'm playing Sniper Elite 3 right now, but, you know, I go for achievements, and uh, if you were going to play with me, we'd have to play on Authentic. And he was like, that's cool, man. Uh, and so we started that, had a hell of a time playing Sniper Elite 3 on Authentic. And uh, since then, 2014, I believe, we've been playing co-op games ever since. And a lot of the times, Jaren, you and I kind of dick around and talk about the news and whatever, what we're playing, whatever dumb game it is, Anthem for God knows why or whatever the hell. And we're like, you know, why why don't we just like record this? You know, like somebody, like two people might listen to this, right? Get something out of it. And if two people listen to it, that's 200% more than usually listen to it. Because sometimes like I'm talking, I don't even listen to either of us. No. And, and our ultimate goal, really, you know, maybe one day in the far flung future, we're very modest individuals. Uh, we want to be at the level, not, you know, millions of viewers, subscribers, whatever, get it, Phil Spencer on here, doesn't matter. We just want somebody to give us a free game or two, you know? I feel like that's modest. Yep. If someone's giving me free games, I don't have to pay for my games, that would be the hypest level we could possibly achieve. Yeah, I have I have a little bit higher of a goal uh, with our Ooh. podcast. Yeah, just a Ooh. slight, just slightly higher. I want to be able to afford to buy a new TV every five years, just thanks to the podcast. Like a nice, you know, OLED 65-inch level type of TV. Yeah, so if you guys listening can make me, well, I guess you'd have to make me about 6000 because Caleb and I would have to split it. But if you can make us like $6,000 every five years, that would be dope. Man, and that's not going to start happening. For at least ten years, like let's be honest, no one like who's gonna listen to this, you know, starting day one. We've we've already spent way too much time on the intro, so we're off uh, to a good start. Moving on, <laughs> moving on to our first segment, outside the box. I'm thinking outside the box, where we cover all the news you need to know outside the Xbox community. GTA needs to be destroyed. All right. Eight years after it came out. Really? A Chicago lawmaker proposes a bill to ban sale of violent video games like GTA. Hey, do you, are we are we back two years ago or, or four years ago or eight years ago or ten years ago, you know? Yeah, the 1980s puritanical people <laughs> trying to ban Mortal Kombat or whatever, the, or I guess the 90s or whatever. All these people are coming back from the woodwork in Chicago, of all places. Yep. Uh, and 
Let's see what this man has to say. Democratic re- Democratic rep. I almost said Democratic Republican. You know, I'm not American. I don't know. Yeah, close enough. Mark Evans Jr. has introduced a bill that will amend the city's 2012 law that prevents the sale of violent video games to minors, but he wants to expand it to a full ban. He wants to ban you, Caleb, from getting your violent video games. I would never live in Chicago, but if I moved to Chicago, I would want to be able to buy violent video games, whether I was five years old or 55 years old, you know what I mean? Yeah, but Caleb, carjackings are on the rise in Chicago, and that's why he wants to ban it. Ah, I see. He thinks that the little kids, as well as the full-grown adults' minds, are being tainted by these violent video games like GTA V, huh? Oh yeah, for sure. And uh, the ESA, the Electronic Software Association, uh, don't really like them either. No. But they said, well, our industry understands and shares the concerns about what's been happening in Chicago. See, that's bullshit. They they don't mm. understand or care about what's happening in Chicago. That's definitely true. <laughs> there simply is no evidence of a link between the interactive entertainment and real-world violence. Yeah, there have been plenty of studies on that. I don't remember them specifically that I can cite from actual academic journals, but I have read them like a few years ago that they're they're like, you know, it's... You might have this one weirdo out of a million who's, you know, the same weirdo out of a million that would be violent because of watching a movie or whatever because they're a weirdo. But, you know, people aren't really affected by this. It's just a game. As much as people may want to believe that that's why certain individuals become violent, it's not true. We all know it, you know. Yeah, I've never carjacked someone in GTA or any other game where you can carjack people and been like, yo, this... I got to get out in the real world and do this. But I have been playing Watch Dogs Legion. Ooh. And in that game, most of the cars are self-driving. So if you ju- if you jump in them and steal them, you're just kind of borrowing them. I don't know if that would fall under his definition of, of <laughs> carjacking. I wonder what his stance on that would be, you know, because you got to be like legally really strong. Yeah, dude, when you get to the legalities like this, you really need to be precise with your wordings and definitions. I wonder how you'd feel about that. So, this bill, not yet voted on, but Chicago does already impose a $1,000 fine on retailers who are caught selling violent video games to anyone under 18. Is that, like, per person, or just, like, in general? Because, like, here, I'm pretty sure we have the same thing, dude. EB Games, man, or GameStop for you, those motherfuckers checked me, uh, like I was coming across the border whenever I tried to buy a M-rated game under 17. But I walk into Best Buy at 13 years old with a shirt that says I'm 12, and they're like, yo, <laughs> take Grand Theft Auto and get out of here. Yeah, then you want one? We're giving these bitches away. <laughs> so I don't think they'll be affected by this bill at all in Chicago. They're like, yo, it's illegal. Uh, just come to Best Buy, all right? Yeah, sounds good to me. <laughs> all you Chicago, what is it, Chicagoans out there? How do you, what, what is the Chicago word like that? I don't Chicago know. Nights? I don't. They didn't make one up. They were too busy eating their pizza. Yeah, whatever the hell, deep dish, uh, however it works over there. Yeah, bunch of nerds. Uh, yeah, this guy needs to be like the pizza and get a little deeper with his thoughts. Heyo. <laughs> Moving on to our friends at CD Projekt Red. In our last episode, we didn't include part of this in the main story because there wasn't enough uh, news and how it related to the video game industry yet. But now there is. So CD Projekt Red has delayed an update. I wrote in our in our little document here for fun, I wrote, delays an update to a game that should have been delayed that only works on consoles nobody can buy and PCs nobody can afford. Nailed it. Right on the head. That's it. So in reality, though, they've delayed it following the cyber attack that they experienced last week. So they've delayed this a month. They say that it's related to somewhat to the attack, but they also say it's related to them working from home, which Jason Schreier brought up in his article. He says that uh, 
yeah, that a big chunk of them have been working from home and have not really been able to work on anything. So I'd say that's a bigger contributing factor than this hack, but obviously both of them are equally issues. But really, at this point, is anyone surprised that a delay to a game that should have been delayed has now been delayed? Like, they're kind of learning? Yeah, like, but come on, this is... who? First of all, who cares? Like, the game's... It's going to be fixed when it's fixed, I guess. But second of all, like, shit just keeps getting delayed left and right. Like, this isn't... I'm so tired of the cyberpunk <laughs> stuff. Like, I'm so tired of the Cyberpunk 2077 news. Like, I'm over it. Yeah, I threw it in here because it at least mattered a little bit more this time. To, like, you guys on PlayStation, you still can't play it. I don't even know if Sony put it in your store yet. Um, Yeah, no, on PS4, I believe, uh, you can't (laughs) play it. Xbox, they just trust us to be smart and, you know, not buy a game that's broken. The same with PC. And if you do, you have a refund system for everything. So if you, what, what is the time for that? You understand the refund system better than I do on Xbox. Oh yeah, use it all the time. Uh, it's like the Steam refund system, basically. You uh, you can only play it for within a certain amount of hours, and you have two weeks to return it. Yeah, so you know, PlayStation took it off their store because they were mad because they actually had to make a system where you can refund games for one game. But, you know, the other platforms just already have a refund system because they're not, you know, back in 2004 or something. Yep. So, not really. Too it's much good that more. you brought this news up, though. But yeah, I'm I'm tired of the cyberpunk news. <laughs> it's relevant. It's just like, gah, again, you know, you guys have something better to write about. Who cares? I guess on the even more negative side uh, of European game development, Techland can't seem to finish Dying Light Two and their bleeding talent due to, as uh, the gamer says, autocratic management, bad uh, who, feedback. Who's... And Who's lack of direction. Who's uh, the writer for this? His name is Kirk uh, McKeand? McKeand? I don't okay. know. First of all, number one, I like to give the writers credit for their article. But number two, I like to make fun of them if they have a dumb name. <laughs> so I do like this this first bit that is written here, which seems to come from their CEO. <laughs> oh, who has a name that I can't pronounce, but we'll call him Powell? Powell? Pavel? Pavel? I think it's I think it's pronounced Pavel there. I could be wrong. I'm also stupid. Okay, because so. it is a it is a W. Yeah, I think it's Pavel, but All right, we'll I'm call also it, we'll dumb. call him Pavel. Uh I like that he starts off with uh by saying it's shit. That's the kind of feedback developers at Techland get from their leaders. <laughs> the inner circle around CEO Powell. Or maybe it's not him talking, maybe this is someone else. Oh, okay. okay. Interviews with ten current, okay, and former Techland staff all of whom requested anonymity. Oh, that's why there's no names. There we go. Anonymity. Yeah, anonymity. As so not to risk their careers, depict a studio marred by autocratic management, poor planning, and a toxic work culture that trickles down from the top. As one source claims, the fish rots from the head. Ah, I like a man who speaks in parables (laughs) as well. (laughs) Over the course of my investigation, multiple people independently shared a story of an artist who turned in some work that the management disliked. The feedback they received was Podolsky, which translate to too baggot-like. Wow. Yep. <laughs> and an actual, that was actual feedback? Yep. Like, that was oh. that was their actual feedback. Oh, no. Obviously, you should never say that word to anybody about anything. Yeah, like, what are you doing, man? But, I mean, he's he's trying, I don't know how I feel about that. That's That's another level of feedback. Like, God, how can you? In an actual work environment and everything? Yeah, that's a that's an official like response from the people up top. God, people should know better. Come on. Uh for these these people like at Techland, they're saying it's mismanaged and it's kind of shit. 
Techland's also the ones who are working on uh, uh, not just Dying Light 2, but but Dead Island 2, right? Yeah, they under-delivered on Dead Island. Then they kind of parted from Deep Silver. They went over to make Dying Light essentially the same game as that they made before. Uh, they made a better version. Way and, better. And then since then, they seem to not be able to do anything. Yeah, it's like this, this kind of just confirms what we already knew. It's like we knew they're mismanaged and they can't put anything out and shit, but... Now we have people on the inside being like, oh, yeah, 100%. Like, you got, yeah. Uh, here's another uh, gem of a quote. According to those I spoke to, however, this is far from an isolated event. In another meeting, the team was discussing the modern Dark Ages, one of the core design pillars of Dying Light 2, and one lead blurted out, quote, at least they knew how to deal with women back then. Ooh, that's, a, that's another one where you, you can't be saying things like that, man. Yep, so... Sounds like it. Uh, everyone at Techland who's in charge, kind of an asshole. Yeah, a bunch of jackasses and over there working. No at one wants to work there, from what it sounds like. So I don't see how they're gonna make their game. Yeah, like is it gonna come out? We'll see. But sounds like the higher ups there are a bunch of jackasses. Yeah. So I think I think we can maybe one of our uh, one of our first merchandise things will sell. It'll say it'll say fuck, and then it'll say tech underneath it, and then we'll have a picture of a land. There you go. That's not a creative idea. <laughs> I'm down. So there you go. If you want that shirt and you're one of the four people that listen to this podcast, uh, let me know how much you'd be willing to pay because it's going to cost a lot for me to ship you something at that small of a scale. All right. Moving on to <laughs> what's the next one, Jaren? Uh, the next topic on our docket of Outside the Box is John Carmack. You know, remember him from when he sued Bethesda? Or when he got I sued by, by Bethesda. He didn't sue Yes. Him. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Stole, I do. Stealing their Oculus technology or whatever when he moved over to Facebook. Uh, he thinks that consoles and GPU auctions would eliminate market scalping. What do you think about that, Jaren? How does that make you feel? Um, I think it's great if I am like in charge of Xbox or Sony because the same thing is going to happen. Scalpers are going to bid up the auctions until... Normal people don't want to pay for them, and then they're going to buy them and then still sell them at an even bigger markup, and people will break down and buy them like they are doing now. Yeah, and, and John Carmack's proposing that the manufacturers themselves should do this with no third parties, right? Uh, yeah, that's what, that's what it appears to be that he's saying. Yeah, the idea is for Sony, Microsoft, and NVIDIA to cut out the middlemen and auction off console stock themselves. Yeah, um, in theory, it seems like that would work. Uh, but I don't think an implementation it's going to happen logistically or desirably from the manufacturers. Like I think they're kind of okay at this point, so where they're not going to do it. And even though it could work out, it may not work out logistically. It seems more like a theory that could successfully be implemented. But I know John Carmack's a super smart guy. I believe he was on Joe Rogan's podcast once for like a really long interview, and uh. The dude's incredibly intelligent, very smart guy, but uh, seems kind of like a just playing with ideas here. Yeah. Potential solutions to a known problem. But it seems to be like potential solutions that only fix one element of the known problem. Like now, if you auction them off, you can't mass buy them. That's essentially the one benefit. You can't yeah. mass buy consoles with a bot every time they come out. Yeah. But it, it introduces a problem where... Yeah, we're into a free market now, so the people that were buying them from scalpers for $1,000 are still going to be the people buying the consoles for $1,000, because that's what they're going to get 
marked up to through the auction. And That's true. how do Best Buy and all these places feel about Microsoft essentially eliminating them all from the process and selling the consoles on an auction site themselves? That seems like a larger problem for sure, because like, that's one of the things people talk about with the kind of this generation moving forward and going more digital, like as has been the trend, where like get, people are buying more games digitally and like the, the retailers aren't as important in that way. But the retailers are still important for pushing hardware out to consumers, uh, especially more casual consumers who don't go to like Microsoft's or Sony's websites for hardware and things like that. So you, like Microsoft and Sony can't really afford to upset their retailers in that way by cutting them out from the console sales at this point. Maybe in the future, but I don't think right now. Yeah, it seems like something that's like a possibility down the line, but they could also just, you know, code websites so that people can't buy 11 consoles from the same IP address. Yeah, and I'm sure there's a bunch of other solutions that coders and people smarter than me could figure out that no one's implementing because I guess everyone's making money and the only person losing is the consumer. And we still managed to get, like, both of us, guys on a podcast who weren't influencers ever, and probably will never be, still managed to get two Xbox Series Xs. And your friend yeah, got dude. one. Yeah, dude. I, I Listen, I'll tell you guys a quick story, all right? Quick story. Here we go. I got my pre-order from Amazon, right? And the day before the Xbox Series X launched, Amazon emailed me and was like, hey, man, we may not get these to you by Christmas. Who knows, really? And I was like, fuck. So I canceled my pre-order and then I was looking around for like Walmarts kind of in my general area and I found kind of a podunk Walmart in Louisiana, like an hour away and that I knew about. I was like, okay, this Walmart is large enough that it may have stock, but small enough to where no one in this area is going to be like waiting to jump on it. And turns out basically long story short, the next morning I was able to go there and I I couldn't buy one there. They said like, you have to wait till this time and buy them through the phone. You know, you have to go to walmart.com and like right when the the order, the the inventory goes up, you have to buy one. Dude, they had three stock and I was able to get one because I just knew the right place to be at the right time. All right, you got to strategize a little bit here. And then in like, what was it? December, like halfway through December, maybe toward the end of December, a friend of mine wanted an Xbox Series X. He lives in uh, Colorado Springs, much a little larger area than kind of Shreveport, Bossier City, Louisiana. Uh, and he wanted one. And I woke up that morning at like, I don't know, 6 a.m. And I was like, I was looking at Twitter and I saw that, you know, Target had had some stock up, you know, like uh, four like four hours ago. They were like, oh, yeah, Target had some stock. And I was like, oh, interesting. And so I sent it to my friend. I'm like, hey, man, I just checked Target and they still have a couple stock if you want one. And he was like, cool. And then he just went and bought one. And he got one. That was it. So <laughs> Colorado Springs, not a super small town, not really New York City, but, you know, not really podunk nowhere either. And he was able to get one. So I feel like if you try hard enough, maybe you can get one. Maybe I'm wrong. But I mean, I got one and then I got my friend another one. So how hard can it be? <laughs> yeah, I got three on launch day in Canada. Like I was able to order three and then I canceled the two that I didn't want because I didn't want to hold on to them and scalp them like a jackass. Yeah, so long. That that's kind of a bit of a tangent, but yeah, it seems like you know uh, it's harder for casual. I understand more casual people and working parents even who want to get one for a kid. It's kind of a little bit harder for them, which I I sympath or I empathize with that. Um, so yeah, still a problem. But John, I don't know. I don't know if that's gonna work. Your solution, sir. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to say no on that one. Uh, it doesn't sound appealing to me at all. Yeah, no. So next up, the review roundup. 
which Yeehaw. we kind of just talk about games that come out this week. We give you the overall generalization of how people feel about the game in terms of reviewers. And we give you like a base analysis of what the game is, because at the time, most of us probably haven't played it. Yeah, you're a consumer, right? And you're like, hey, man, what games are coming out this week? What just came out? Is there anything that's good? Is there anything that sucks ass? We kind of do the work for you, for Jaren particularly, taking kind of some of the more known, slightly more known titles, but even then sometimes not so much, kind of rounding and then giving you kind of like the general scores and impressions. Yeah, I pick games for you that I look at and I go, oh, that's interesting. So if it came out on PC and not anywhere else, it's not here. If it came out on Nintendo and nowhere else, it's not here. If it came out on Sony, why would I put it on my Xbox podcast? Yeah, it's not going to be on the Xbox, sir. <laughs> You're going to have to go elsewhere for that nonsense. So largely you get an Xbox game that I said, hey, that looks cool, or hey, that looks atrocious, and I'd like to make fun of it. Starting from there, <laughs> what are, what's the first one on the roundup? The first one, and the only one this week, is Curse of the Dead Gods. So this game is a roguelite, or roguelike. Uh, people seem to have a differing opinion on that, but roguelite from from what the the review says. And uh, this genre has kind of had like a resurgence, I guess, in terms of good ones since Hades and all its like game of the year praise and all that kind of stuff. This game, not Hades, but most games aren't Hades. This game, still a rock solid roguelite from everything I've heard. And uh, is it, I, I haven't looked at it, is it like a, a 3D type game or a 2.5D side scroller? Like what's, uh, it's a 3D kind of like, uh, so if you, I guess if you don't know what a roguelite is, you kind of go into, from what I gathered from uh, from this review, you go into like a castle, for example, and you have to beat the entire level in like one life. And then you get a bunch of stuff and it powers you up for your next run. So yeah, and I, I'm it's like not Dead sure Cells. If, um, it was a, uh, what, what do you call it? The, the like the, oh. Man, what's the like generation of of stuff like Minecraft? It's spontaneously generated kind of stuff. What's the word? Uh, like Diablo. Uh, no, no, it's like randomly generated like enemies and terrain. Oh. Is that part of it? Um, I'm not sure if this game's randomly generated. I think it does just have four set castles, but I think the NPCs and the enemies and the rewards you get are all randomly generated. Okay, well, regardless, anyway. So it does have randomly generated elements. That's for sure. The way that IGN talks about this game, they gave it a nine. They're really high on it. The lowest score is a 70, so I'm kind of just going to read you the 9, because it's it's good, regardless. It has an 83 on Metacritic. I might as well let you hear a good positive take on it for why they think it's great. Yeah, and, and by the way, if this if this particular segment or game or whatever doesn't interest you, feel free to just skip ahead to the next segment, the X-Block. Yeah, for sure. Hop onto the X-Block where you find out all your Xbox news that matters this week. So this game... Uh, the things that have it are its positives are it has this like curse kind of system. So if you can't afford something in the game, but you want to get it, you can like bet like almost like blood money, the equivalent to like blood money. And it slaps a curse mm. on you, which hurts you in the gameplay. But like you can fight through the temple and get your rewards while having up to five curses on you. And I think the first curse or the the fifth curse drops you down to one HP for like the entire time. But it has like this, uh, this like good dodging system. The combat's very strong, and the game just seems to be an all-around like well put together game that 
kind of has a lackluster story. There's not really any story there. It's not like Hades in that sense. Really gameplay oriented. Very gameplay oriented and very good gameplay from what IGN said in the video that I watched. A quick summary of the game. Curse of the Dead Gods is a roguelite action game full of fast-paced combat, intense challenges, and a variety of weapons, relics, curses, traps, enemies, and powerful bosses to master. And uh, it's just kind of a, by the way, uh, roguelike and roguelite are kind of titles I'm not as familiar with in terms of game genres. I'm usually familiar with most, but I looked it up and it says, yeah, subgenre of role-playing video game characterized by a dungeon crawl through procedurally generated levels. That's what I was going for. All right. so I was right about that. Yeah. Uh, turn-based gameplay, tile-based graphics, and permanent death of the player character. So yeah, the one-life feature and the procedurally generated, like kind of like a Dead Cells type game if you played that. So yeah. Yeah. So if this is your type of game, you're still here. So I guess it is. Or you just wanted to hear us babble <laughs> about nothing. Um, then really good at go it. ahead and pick it up. It does have an 83 on Metacritic. I'd say that this one's a good one to go and grab if this is your type of game. Now, since we only had one game, I figured quick games that we're playing and maybe like some recommendations from that. Okay, yeah. So recently, uh, you may not know this. You probably don't. There's no reason you would. Uh, Jaren and I, predominantly me, I would say, are big achievement hunters in the Xbox community. Uh, I really like go for most almost all the achievements I can get in every game I play. And that's kind of how I have fun playing games. So I've been playing Forza Horizon 2, cleaning up some of the multiplayer related achievements in that game. Uh, still a really good racing game. I don't even think it's available digitally on the Xbox store anymore, though. So you kind of missed out if you didn't get that one. I don't know why, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's literally not on the Xbox store. Uh, the DLC for sure isn't. But mainly, dude, Jaren, I've been playing Star Wars Battlefront 2, which is available free to Xbox Game Pass Ultimate members through the addition of EA Access uh, added to Game Pass Ultimate. And let me tell you, man, I played that game when it came out. And the online was a big... Like, who cares? You know what I mean? Yeah, with all but, the loot boxes. Yeah, but dude, like two <laughs> years later, uh, me and my friend Juwan have been playing the multiplayer for that game. It's fantastic. Like, it's actually really good, dude. This, this, The sound design for that game and the levels and even like the rank up system and, and the heroes and the combat. And it's really good. Like, I can't describe it as much. It's more like you, you should just download it if you have Game Pass Ultimate and go play like a few levels of like this new co-op Um I guess it's a mode that they have that they added in later, apparently, where it's like you and like three other people fight through like these maps with a bunch of AI as like whatever other faction. And they're somehow really intelligent, dude. Some of the AI in Battlefront 2 and like the co-op mode are, first of all, better than most people who play that game. And second of all, better than <laughs> most people who play most games. It's actually absurd. And uh, it's super fun. If you're really into Star Wars and you want to like load up a game and you're just like a, one of the classic, you know, galactic republic troopers and you want your friend to be palpatine and force lightning everything and just play through all these cool modes i'm i keep i'm surprised because every time i play as one of the factions i play like a new map and i'm like how many maps do they have in this game uh, i'm kind of rambling but yeah super fun star wars battlefront 2 multiplayer sucked when it came out uh don't pay for it just get game pass ultimate go play the multiplayer for a bit super fun yep uh it looks fun uh recently i haven't been the biggest multiplayer shooter guy but you know, I'm, I might give it a whirl. We'll see. Depends on how I'm feeling. <laughs> yeah, I, I only have three achievements left in it. Like two Starfighter ones were like that that mode. I'm not very good at the one where you fly the ships. Uh, it's like Galactic Starfighter or some nonsense. Yeah. Um, but then there's one to get to level 50, which it's pretty easy. I'm level 35, and they have triple XP every Wednesday and like double XP in the weekends. So we're just kind of playing through that. Uh, usually me and my friends kind of hop on Call of Duty Modern Warfare and just play like a few multiplayer games. 
Uh, but we're, we've been doing some kind of mixing it up with some Battlefront 2, and it's it's surprisingly fun. Yep, so there you go. Recommended from the X-Block. Hop on Star Wars Battlefront 2 now if it's your kind of thing. Buy it through Xbox Game Pass. Don't worry about the single player. It's it's com- completely uh, just <laughs> missable. Who cares? Just play the multiplayer. On my side of things, I've been playing Watch Dogs Legion. Everyone kind of universally said that game was a 7 out of 10. Uh, it's great. Fantastic. So they were they were wrong, huh? Uh, I don't think their their criticisms are all valid. It's just that as you play the game, you don't really care about them. Like they have this like robust AI system where you can like grab an a uh, like a what are they an NPC and turn him into somebody that you can play with. Yeah, not really necessary. You get one construction worker and you're set for like the entire game. So it kind of seems like you can play it how you want then. <laughs> oh yeah, you can definitely play it how you want. Uh but once you kind of have the construction worker, you don't really ever see a reason not to just use the construction worker because they have this drone that they can stand on where they can fly up to heights and they can still use all the same like gadgets that everyone else can use and they have a gun. Like not a real gun, but like a taser gun. Uh so all of that shit works a hundred percent of the time like you do have to switch sometimes if you're going into a base maybe you'll grab an albion guy and go in as as an albion guy to get like noticed less yeah but overall there's there's not really a reason to play with a ton of variety i do it just because it's fun it's fun to like hop in as a spy where i get to see different kind of takedowns or be a professional hitman where i see a bunch of kind of takedowns and i get to do like a john wick shit have you found the grandma yet oh yeah i uh i have indeed found many a grandma i have a grandpa on my crew because i needed an achievement uh to stun five guys with a paintball gun and for some reason this 80 year old man has a paintball gun and i'm playing with the permadeath feature enabled so if my characters get killed they're done uh because it just it just makes me like actually care about them more and and not just like throw them into crazy situations yeah the game i i played that is uh that i played more recently like that is like state of decay 2 and state of decay have that kind of feature yeah, it's it's not as as hard as State of Decay or anything like that. But yeah, I used this old yeah. man and I was headshotting gang members with a with a paintball gun and stunning them. And then he couldn't run away. I he almost got killed because he can't take cover and he can't sprint. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the old lady uh, marketing stuff for that game was was definitely the best part of the marketing, and uh, that's pretty cool. So the old man with the paintball gun seems like a good time. I would have I would have entirely done uh, an old person army. <laughs> but uh, but you need to have 20 different people jobs uh, to uh, get an achievement. And every time you complete a burrow, they give you a character who has like four special abilities as opposed to like three if you have a good character or like two if you just grab someone average. There's one achievement I haven't got yet, which is to get a five star wanted level. And then, you know, those people that are like living statues, uh, like downtown in big cities. Yeah, they kind of like freeze. Yeah. So you play as that guy, you get a five-star wanted level, then you get out of the cop's sight, and then you just freeze like you're a statue, and you <laughs> lose your wanted level that way. Those are awesome. Those are awesome mechanics, man. That game sounds fun. Um, it's a little much for me in terms of, like, it's like a, a R- kind of RPGs, open world, mainly game, but it's a little, like, it's very involved, you know? It doesn't seem, like, super gameplay-focused, per se, you know? Or at least uh, it's not very kinetic. I think, I actually, say. Watch Dogs 2 was, at least from what I've played so far... Watch Dogs 2 is, is more, like, techie-focused than Watch Dogs Legion. 
Is this kind of closer to like a Hitman, you would say? Uh, not even. I'd say this is closer to like, like if you're playing on not a hard difficulty, I'm playing on normal, but if you were playing on like easy or something, you could just run through this game and just shoot people and, and be perfectly fine. Like this game does not require a lot of involvement. This is just a fun GTA style game. That's pretty sweet. How And how much did you buy it for? I bought it on sale for thirty nine bucks Canadian. And that is that is how we do it. For you American listeners out there <laughs> who may not know, that's like somewhere between like that's like thirty two, thirty three bucks American. Something yeah, like depending that. on the day. So yeah, you didn't pay full price for it. You got a good deal. It's had great. a great time. That's how you want to do it. We're all about saving money. Out I'm here. F- I'm only five missions into the actual game, like five real missions in, and I have seven hundred gamers. Hell yeah, dude! Because <laughs> I went around and did everything. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. Well, moving on to our next topic, let's hop into the Xbox news. This is the X block. Oh my god, a possible halt to the Bethesda merger? What, what? At least, that's what VentureBeat, a bunch of other places are saying. Uh, even Games Industry Biz hopped on this, and uh, it's kind of bullshit. You'd think they'd know better, my man. Uh, obviously, if you want the in-depth version of this... There's a specific man on YouTube who covers law-related content. He's a corporate lawyer. Corporate lawyer. There you go. He 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 is or he was. Uh, I think he is currently. He owns a law firm. Uh, I believe it's called Hogue Law. Uh, I, that's the name of his YouTube channel. I believe his law firm is the same. Uh, he got his start in law by actually, uh, from what I understand, dealing with corporate mergers and acquisitions and that type of thing. Um, uh, in some capacity, I'm not as familiar with law, but uh, I mean, if you go to this guy's channel, I assume you're talking about uh, Hogue Law. Yep. Uh, this guy, Richard Hogue, uh, talks about all things kind of really legal related in the gaming industry. Not maybe not all things, most things, you know, because he actually he's a lawyer who has an actual life and, you know, does other things. But uh, he did a video on this acquisition and he just kind of breaks down from a corporate lawyer sense. Uh, why different games journalists and reporters and industry people uh, don't know anything and are kind of dumb and should talk to a lawyer before they write articles like this. Yeah, we're only going to give you a brief summary. So if you really want to know the in-depth details of this, he's got like a 28-minute video on it. I know that sounds long, but you're listening to almost a two-hour podcast about Xbox, so it's worth it. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely way better than us, let's be honest. Like, you should spend your time there. Come on. So GamesBeat and VentureBeat originally come out with this story. They seem to have gotten it from an interview with the plaintiff's lawyer, and Microsoft and Bethesda have no comment on it. What's the story? So the plaintiff is alleging that Fallout 4 Season Pass content uh, should have encompassed all of the content because that's what it said in Bethesda's wording. and the Creation Club content that came out after the season pass should have been included because of their wording, and that is why he's suing them. That part, 100% fair. The other part of the article that talks about how this could impact the Microsoft-Bethesda merger, utter nonsense. Yeah, um, so basically from what I... I'm kind of a layman and very ignorant, but from what I understand from reading the article and watching uh, Richard Hoag's video, which again, I recommend... You all kind of, if you're looking into this type of legal uh, news and gaming and mergers and acquisitions, I recommend you like read the articles to kind of know what's up and then go listen to Richard Hogue explain it to you like you're, you know, dumb like we are. Um, <laughs> basically, he's like, yeah, so the, the plaintiffs here, first of all, the articles only present the plaintiff's side, which makes it seem really one-sided and it seems like the article sides with the plaintiffs and it's kind of weird. 
Uh, basically, they may have some sort of a, a actual claim here to some like false advertising or something like that. But uh, basically, Microsoft is going to acquire ZeniMax without actually liquidating the company, uh, from what I understand. And the only way that it would halt the acquisition is that the plaintiff would have to somehow prove that Microsoft, as a corporation, cannot uh, provide, uh, what would you call it, damages, the sum of damages to the plaintiff uh, for this, you know, false liability claim <clears throat> or whatever. Yeah. And also, uh, they have to prove that, like, Bethesda is trying to do also something, like, shady by becoming part of Microsoft, where Microsoft has specifically set themselves up to almost not have not be affected by these kind of things. That's why they've created a subsidiary, which will then kind of partner with ZeniMax. So ZeniMax will still basically operate autonomously as if they're owned by Microsoft, but they're their own thing. So this whole like stopping the sale idea makes no sense because you're also asking a court to basically rule on someone as being guilty before they are actually proven guilty. That's how they would stop this. Yes, yeah, that's what Richard Hogue was saying. Yeah, in some cases, as Richard Hogue was saying, this is a very, like, bare-bones version of what he was saying. But one yeah. of the things that I liked what he said was lots of times when these kind of things are put in place, uh, the plaintiff has to put up collateral in case they're wrong uh, that would have, and it damages business dealings. So this man who bought a 2019 season pass, 2019, the game came out in 2015. So he bought the season's pass afterwards. So that's a whole different can of worms. Should he have known the Creation Club wasn't part of it then? Possibly. Uh, that'll, be decided, that'll be decided in court. But yeah. this man who is complaining that he didn't get $281 worth of value would be on the hook for $7.5 billion if the Microsoft Bethesda merger didn't go through and he, his, his uh, lawsuit was found without like uh it didn't have legs and it, and they lost the the lawsuit. Yeah. So there's a lot of problems here with kind of with how this article is presented. Like you first of all, yeah, like uh, Microsoft is forming Vault which is going to merge with Zenimax and Zenimax is going to stay as a subsidiary of Microsoft because uh Microsoft wants to keep all their licensing agreements with like, you know, the Indiana Jones st stuff coming up and all all of the assets and, and agreements and uh, that Bethesda or Zenimax rather currently has in place, they want to keep. So Zenimax isn't going anywhere. When Microsoft acquires them, from what I understand from Richard Hogue, yeah, they're going to pump like seven point five billion dollars of like assets or, or capital rather into uh Zenimax. And the plaintiff, yeah, like I said, has to prove that that Zenimax as a subsidiary of Microsoft cannot afford to pay them out the damages for this DLC lawsuit for the merger to be halted. And I'm like and Microsoft the trillion dollar corporation. <laughs> they're uh, they're also claiming that this whole like fact that they've said that the value of this lawsuit possibly exceeds the value of the company is is crazy because in lots of cases even a case that we're going to talk about uh later in in the FAF section um where uh, Epic Games paid out a lawsuit in V-Bucks yeah. to, to consumers. The same thing could happen here. Bethesda could just open up the Creation Club and give everybody the Creation Club that is a part of this class action lawsuit. 
and a big problem with this even being a class action lawsuit because they haven't certified the lawsuit yet. It's not even like a real 100% done deal. And if they did certify it, who's actually involved in the case? Because if the case is entirely people in 2015 who didn't understand the season's past, didn't include content in the future, that means that their 2019 person might not even be allowed to be in the 2015 class action lawsuit, which would kind of defeat the point since they're his lawyers. So this entire thing is a big mess. And it's been a thing for two years or three years even. So Microsoft obviously knew about this. And when companies merge, they have to sign an agreement that says they're not going to be blindsided by any lawsuits or the company that is joining them is liable for paying the that kind of like difference back to the company that bought them so this really has like 99 percent chance nothing will happen to this merger based on this yeah it's there's a lot of problems wrong with how this news is being reported and generally by venture beat and somehow games industry uh and yeah you guys should just go read it read what they say and then watch richard hoag's video we're laymen and we kind of did like a bare bones kind of nascent understanding of what they were talking about and what the problems are. But uh, this is kind of one of those stories that's much more in depth than people like us or possibly you listening or definitely the games journalists know what they're saying and know what they're talking about. So you guys should kind of look for Richard Hogue or someone who is a corporate lawyer who understands legalities and what and precedents and other things that can explain this to you better, honestly. And, and our next and story. Frankly, so time out. Frankly, <laughs> oh, time frankly, out. the games journalists should be learning about this stuff or, or asking some sort of lawyers about these types of things before they report on it. They have but that would make them teams. less money. They, they that would have make them legal less teams, right? I, I guess. Like I mean, from... IGN and GameSpot didn't seem to report on this. At least I did. I didn't see. I looked for stories on uh, on the, for this podcast. I didn't see IGN or GameSpot report on this. So clearly, their lawyers uh, vetted probably... it and went. Uh, <laughs> they probably just won't don't want to because they like this narrative and it makes them more money with clicks and things. But yeah, anyway. Well, I no, no, no. I mean, I mean, they didn't report on this story at all. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Like IGN and Gamespot said nothing about this. So yeah, certain game, yeah, yeah. So like, uh, so some, some. I see what you're saying. Some, inter- saying, some yeah. places clearly thought that this was nonsense. Yeah, some people were like, "This is dumb." <laughs> <laughs> a great, a great alternative to this. Uh, in our next story, Microsoft will reportedly hold a Bethesda event next month. You know who broke this story? Uh, a notable GamesBeat journalist, Jeff Grubb. So while one GamesBeat journalist was talking about uh, the merger possibly being halted, a person who is inside, has inside sources with Microsoft, was saying that they're going to hold an event uh, next month about how, they, how the merger has gone through and they're going to talk about all the new stuff that you can expect from Bethesda and Xbox. Why would they be planning that? As they they fully know what this lawsuit is is coming. It's been coming since 2019. <laughs> it's been coming since 2019. Why would they plan this if they and leak it to journalists if they weren't going to do it? Yeah, Microsoft, the lawyers <laughs> at Microsoft particularly, like they they know what's going on and they're pretty almost 100 percent sure that this is going through and they're already making big business plans for the acquisition or merger or whatever to to come through to go through. So yeah. And it's expected that we hear approval of this deal somewhere around March 5th. So that would mean that if this proposed event would happen, it would probably be in the teens of March or maybe the 20s. So this is obviously full speculation. 
Uh, it comes from an anonymous inside source, which in the games industry is usually fairly accurate if it's a games journalist reporting on an anonymous inside source, but still take it with a grain of salt. This story is not that yep. big, possible event, so possibly get excited. <laughs> yeah, it's a... Uh... It was kind of exciting if if it's true. We got a, I believe, the Thursday, February twenty fifth that they're recording. We're recording this. I think Sony's having a state of play today. They are uh, that I think they're going to announce some new games or some shit. And then if this is happens to be true, then Microsoft or Bethesda is going to be announcing you know stuff that's going on, maybe new games, maybe releases, whatever in March. So we're kind of getting some news picking back up after the doldrums of January and the beginning of February. So yeah, we are definitely getting some news picked up. As is our next thing. Our next uh, story, BlizzCon 2021 announcements and reveals. So they talked about a lot of stuff. We're largely going to talk about only the stuff that kind of relates to Xbox. So they showed off a Diablo 4 trailer for the Rogue class. So everybody get hype about that. Everyone kind of knew Diablo 4 was coming. And it is going to come to, I assume, Xbox, PS4, PC, uh, PS5, I guess. Yeah. Whatever. Who cares? Also announced the Diablo 2 Resurrected. That was kind of cool. Uh, yeah, it looks cool. It's been confirmed to launch on Xbox One, Xbox Series X. I assume Xbox Series S because it's more powerful than the Xbox One, but they never yeah. mention it anywhere. Humble brag here, by the way. Just kind of, you know, humble brag. I-, I got all the achievements in Diablo 3. You know, I'll say it. I did. <laughs> you don't sound impressed. Uh, no, no, I'm I'm impressed. Uh, the audience, uh, you can't hear them, so uh, you they don't. Tell they don't give a flying ass <laughs> fuck. But somebody has to know. So those are kind of those are kind of the big ones that we care about in terms of. Uh, I know there were new details about Overwatch Two. All right, whatever. Fuck Overwatch Two. Overwatch. Okay, yeah, I don't care. If if you like Overwatch 2, we're still going to talk about it every once in a while. We'll talk about it more when they give it an actual reveal trailer like they did Diablo 2 Resurrected. And who knows? Maybe if it has a story mode, I'll care. But uh, Yeah, there you go. I don't care right now. Yeah, you so, guys go look at your fanfic porn of your Overwatch, you <laughs> nerds. <laughs> but Diablo 2 Resurrected does look cool. And I'm not sure if it's, like, actually gonna be co-op or something like the third one was that's what we're hoping if it's co-op you and i can play it and if it's not we cry and that's it okay it says here finally with regard to multiplayer couch co-op hasn't been added ferguson called it a bridge too far for the faithful remaster jokes on them i don't have friends in real life anyway <laughs> but all of diablo 2's original eight player online functionality is still here and you'll hey, have who? the option to store characters on Battle.net. So I don't know if that'll work exactly like Diablo 3 does, but hopefully it does and we can play it. Cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye out and see if the achievements unlock for both players when you play through. And if so, we have a new co-op game. Yeah, right now we're on Saints Row for the fifth time. Yeah, Saints Row the third remastered, which <laughs> somehow it <laughs> looks worse. better than the original, but plays worse. It definitely looks better than the original, and it is definitely worse. Yeah. Anywho. Uh, in other Xbox news, uh, about time, Fall Guys is falling onto the Xbox on, uh, or this summer, and it'll be on the Nintendo Switch too, so, yeah, I guess, I guess get hype, you Nintendo, you get a game. Yeah, who cares? Um, Fall Guys, pretty sweet, pretty fun, wish it were coming sooner, but, uh, I guess we get it at some point. I guess we probably won't have anything to play in the summer, so. Yeah, if we don't, we can play that (laughs) and, you know, talk about how we're not gonna get that one achievement to win five times in a row, so. Yeah, unless we can find a way to, like, cheat. 
yeah, I don't know how to cheat that, but some maybe some smart nerd on True Achievements will find out. <laughs> yeah, so I'm kind of hyped for that. I feel like this game has kind of passed, it, and it didn't pass because people didn't care about it anymore. It passed because Among Us came and blew it out of the water. Yeah, so very much. And that game's great. Honestly, if uh, if eight people listen to this this podcast, we can start a ten person lobby and we can all play together. That'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, you play it more than I do, so I'm sure you just destroy everybody at that game. Uh, I bet there's people who are way better than me that play it all the time alone. Oh, yeah. Good point. I just play it with my dumbass friends who I can read pretty easily, and I know when they're bad and when they're good. So, moving on to the next chunk of the news. Uh, This wasn't a game that I guess most people probably have heard of, but I watched the trailer for it, and it looked fairly interesting. So, Arkham Horror, nothing to do with Batman, Mothers and Braves, slithers onto xbox on march 23rd that's what luke wrote over at true achievements his last name there is you go. all beaches or all shout out to luke. i have no idea but shout out to luke so he writes that arkham horror the brilliant lovecraft inspired board game series is set to make its xbox debut next month okay so from what i saw in this game it's this cool i don't even know how to describe it so you can break gameplay down into two halves investigation and combat so they let you, like, scout crime scenes of famous locations that are, I guess, from this board game. And you find clues and interrogate key witnesses and that kind of thing. And then there's turn-based strategy system for, like, I guess, the fighting. So it plays out in, like, kind of their, their board game universe. That sounds interesting. Yeah, so I watched this trailer. Check it out. Go check out the trailer. Uh, if you're interested in this kind of, like, uh, strategy mixed with, like, investigation kind of game. I imagine the achievements will suck, but, like, the game looks cool, and... Most people don't care. You Only you and I care, anyway. Yeah, only yeah. you and I care, and who knows, maybe they'll throw it in Game Pass and it'll pop up on our wheel one time, and we'll have to play it. There you go. You guys are gonna <laughs> learn about the wheel later, if you, uh, if we didn't post the first episode. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, next up, uh, this is Caleb News. Halo TV series in 2022 on Paramount+. Plus. I'm just gonna let yeah, you talk about this. You, you take okay. your hype. So a Halo series uh, that was supposed to be made by Showtime, which I believe this one is made by Showtime being put on Paramount Plus. Um, that has been in the works for like, you know, half a decade or something. Maybe, I don't know, longer. Who knows? We've had, you know, kind of musings of a Halo TV show, and it's finally coming uh, onto Paramount Plus, which sucks because now I got to get another streaming service. And I'm going to watch this. Um, I have no- See, here's the thing. I... Some people may tell you what they think about it. I don't, I don't think anybody knows whether it's going to be good or not. Kind of got to wait for it to come out. It's like, is the budget going to be high? En- I don't know what the budget is. Is it going to be high enough to like faithfully create some of the high sci-fi stuff that would be in a series like this? I don't know. I'm going to wait till it comes out. I'm going to watch it. And when it does, uh, I will tell you how I feel about it. Right now, could be ass, could be great. Don't know. But it sucks that I have to get Paramount Plus. I'll tell you that much. They are uh, apparently they're filming it in Budapest. Ah, the Sunshine State. And um, a- Amblin Television is involved. Uh, if you don't know at Amblin, that's Steven Spielberg and his team. So I'm a huge Halo fan. Uh, very excited. I think uh, Spielberg was uh, going to direct a Halo film at some point, and then uh, that didn't work out. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, so I don't know how I'll be able to watch this because we don't have Paramount Plus in Canada. I assume it'll show up in one of our four streaming services, but hopefully it pops up in one I own. Yeah, I, I would say I'm excited, but I'm kind of like tepidly excited. I'm like, because this could be ass. I don't know. You know, 
Yeah, it seems like they've been working on it forever. Yeah, Amblin Television has worked on Halo for almost a decade. The series was originally announced in 2013. Yeah, there you go. I was right. It's been so like a the same long people are time. still involved. Okay. Well, hopefully it's really good. I really hope it's really good because people have been saying that Halo seems like a great place to put live action sci-fi content onto like a big screen for forever. So maybe they can bring it to life and make it really good. The closest we've gotten before this, I believe, is the uh, I believe Machinima made the Forward Unto Dawn or something four part Machinima or uh, a live action sh- series on YouTube that you can go watch. And uh, it was actually pretty good. I mean, they were limited by their budget, but uh, it's it's all right. So it, it's kind of like a, a proof of concept that Halo can be done decently well in a live action universe. So we'll see. Was that that lock thing or was that something else? Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. They also had Halo Nightfall on, on Halo Waypoint with um, the guy who I don't know the actor's name, but if you guys are familiar with uh, uh, Marvel's Coulter. Luke Cage. Yeah, Marvel's something, Luke Cage on Coulter. Netflix. The guy who played Luke Cage, something Coulter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who plays Spartan Locke in Halo 5. Coming up, leading up to Halo uh, 5's release, they had Halo Nightfall, which is kind of like a, a Spartan Locke prequel uh, set on, like, the the fragments of, I think, the Halo 4 ring or something. Uh, or, like, not Halo 4, the game, but, like, the Installation 04 for all you dorks out there. Uh, yeah, and that was pretty good, too, uh, actually. I forgot. It was, it's kind of forgettable, um, but it, it also was, actually, a higher-budget proof of concept. So, yeah, maybe this TV series will be, like, a really, finally, like, a like a pinnacle an achievement of live action halo that we've been waiting to see for a decade or more so yeah and if you look at disney plus uh you can spend 250 million dollars on a tv show now that's allowed yeah so you know and it was uh, mike mike colton mike shout out to mike mikey next up sea of thieves just had its biggest month ever 35 months after release dude i can talk about this so I forgot to mention in the games we were playing, another multiplayer game I've been playing with some of my friends is uh, Sea of Thieves. And this year they just added a season pass system called the Plunder Pass, I believe, um, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and you basically just, as you play the game, you get deeds and other things that let you rank up and get cosmetic items and everything like that. Uh, you can buy the Plunder Pass, but it doesn't give you anything that affects gameplay. It's all cosmetic, which frankly, Sea of Thieves in the community are okay with that because that's what see if these is all about is making like pretty much the people who play that game a lot are about leveling up in the various factions and then making your ship and your person look cooler. Um, and it's actually really, it's really cool. The rewards are really good and it gives people who are playing the game now two or two years after it came out or however long, three years, four years, whatever, uh, enough time to, or, or something to do as they play the game. Um, me and my friends, we play it in a weird way. We're really into the hunter's call if you guys are familiar with that, who play Sea of Thieves. So we basically just go fishing, and we're currently <laughs> trying to get the achievement to catch one of every type of fish, and I need five more. And uh, I think just fishing mainly, and doing like a couple of new mercenary quests that they added, which this current season is focused on, is the mercenaries, or the, the merchants, rather, not the mercenaries. Um, I'm already like level 55 out of 100 in the Plunder Pass, and one of my friends who plays it quite a bit has already completed it. And uh, it's a really great idea, um, and just something else to do in that game. When when it came out, it was so bare bones, but they've really fixed that game over the years and made it super fun and really great as an online experience. And there's really no other game like it, which is what's cool about Sea of Thieves. It's it's a very unique pirate, you know, not really a sim game because it's not super deep. It's just really fun. Yeah, it's just like a fun kind of like exploration focused combat mixed in, just like fun kind of game. Yeah, with with the greatest water mechanics that exist or water physics that exist in a video game. So 
Oh yeah, for sure. It's got fantastic water physics. It's uh, it's very great. I highly recommend Sea of Thieves. Our last Xbox focused news in the X block, and largely probably should have been put in the FAF because it's it's dog shit. Uh, yeah. The games with gold lineup for March 2021. As I saw someone on Twitter write, the Xbox games with gold lineup is the best advertisement for Game Pass that there is, and that's true because this. Like, what is this? Tell me tell me about the games. So the four games you get are Warface Breakout. Oh, I've been waiting for that. No, I haven't. Vicious Attack Llama Apocalypse. 10 out of 10. Metal Slug 3, a 360 game. And Port Royale 3. Yo, see if Thieves has a contender coming up here. Port Royale is coming in hot. Metal Slug 3, this is this article's from True Achievements, has the highest rating on True Achievements with a 3.6 out of out of 5. Ugh. So, most of these games are below average or slightly above average, but nothing of note, especially since February's games with gold were Resident Evil and Gears 5. It's dude, it's unfortunate cuz games with gold like before Game Pass, they had some good stuff in there, but obviously with Game Pass and the money they got to put in and the deals they got to make and all these things coming in and out, they're they're obviously, clearly, from this month, focused on Game Pass more, and they could give a fuck about Games with Gold, really, it seems, except for, like, every few months they add something cool in there. Uh, I don't know why uh, what they're doing with not sunsetting Games with Gold and just kind of merging it into Game Pass and Game Pass Ultimate. I know it's because they have so many games with gold or the, the gold member subscribers and so they make a consistent steady amount of money there and they don't quite want to get rid of that yet or try to mess with it but those people who don't have gold or, or have gold and don't have game pass seem to be really getting fucked here on the games of gold especially compared to sony which has a, a great the playstation plus lineups are usually pretty fantastic uh for them though that's the flip side is they don't have game pass so they have yeah, their PlayStation. Yeah, they've got their PlayStation collection. Thing, but it doesn't include first parties. So. Yeah, they have their PlayStation collection, which is like good enough, I suppose, but it doesn't come close to like Game Pass Ultimate with the 190 whatever games on there <laughs> that cycle in and out. Yeah, it's they're getting closer, but until they include all their first party games, they'll never truly yeah. be a contender with Game uh, Pass. To their credit, though, the PlayStation Plus, you know, game like games every month, really good. You know, yeah. games with gold, really slacking here. That's where Fall Guys came from. That's where Rocket League came from. Like, they've got a good eye for talent there. Yeah, that's the thing. I'd rather have, you know, Game Pass than a really good games with gold, like, if I had to choose. But, yeah, definitely. Uh, but just as it exists, like, you know, you games with gold people, I feel for you. You you gold people only, no Game Pass. You should get Game Pass, but if you don't have it, I feel like you're getting fucked, and I feel bad for you. And now is time for the X-Factor discussion, which is where we kind of just pick a topic that uh, is more just like our opinion. And we uh, we do maybe five to ten minutes on it. Kind of like uh, the discussion of the week, you know? What do we want to talk about? What's what's kind of a, a point of philosophy or contention? Yeah, or we'll interest? probably, as we get more listeners, hopefully we'll, tr- we'll change this into uh, audience questions, probably, to at least yeah. jumpstart the topic. But for now, we kind of just have to pick them out ourselves. So this is the question that I came up with this week. It was spawned from the PlayStation VR 2 announcement. And I want to know, does VR actually matter? And will Xbox ever care? And like, let me give 
like a little bit of a preamble on this because we haven't seen the PlayStation show today yet. Obviously, it's at five Eastern uh, and two Pacific Standard and four Caleb time. <laughs> Ew, four Caleb time. But the fact that they announced PSVR two prior to this big state of play makes it seem like they don't even care about PSVR two. It wasn't even important enough to be in their showcase. Yeah, well, a couple things just on a tangent, a side tangent about that. I don't know why they announced this PlayStation v, new PlayStation VR coming that's not coming this year, and then the uh, Days Gone coming to PC. Like, why didn't they just hold that news until the until the place the state of play? You know well, I mean? it seems like those were two things that they didn't want people to focus on. That that's that's why they they threw yeah. out the PC thing because they knew that would piss off everybody, and yeah. uh, and they threw out the VR thing because they were like, hey, the 18 people that give a shit about PlayStation VR might want to know about PSVR 2 coming out, and maybe they can talk to their friends, and then we'll get double that. Yeah, the VR component of mainly, I mean, obviously, will Xbox ever care is another point, but just in general, how it exists now, it's it's a big, it's like, a, there's a lot to talk about in terms of the encompassing the whole idea of VR and gaming. Um, so I guess we can't talk about Xbox and will they ever care without first kind of talking about the state of VR and PlayStation and how all that works. So I know a big, a big factor with PSVR uh, was that it had a lot of a lot of wires and a lot of connections to the console. They're announcing this new version, which I guess they're gonna have new controllers that have more haptic feedback stuff and aren't the PlayStation Move controllers, which that's cool. Um, and they only have one like wire connecting it to the console. But that seems still kind of antiquated as they're going to release that a year from now or however much. Because from what I understand and from people I know and have heard about, the the Oculus Quest, which is a PC VR, yeah, PC VR uh, set, uh, or I don't even think you need a PC for it. I think the, the Oculus Quest is the one that doesn't even, you don't need anything for it besides the headset, right? Am I correct on that? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, regardless, from what I understand, Oculus Quest 2 or whatever that's out right now, the new Oculus headset, doesn't have any wires and is a way better experience. And uh, I may not know this is kind of going into PlayStation because they have a VR headset. Um, I, I'm not, I don't own a PlayStation 4 or 5, but I know quite a lot about PlayStation and the PlayStation ecosystem and community. I listen to Sacred Symbols, which is a PlayStation, PlayStation-centric PlayStation podcast, and I've been listening to it for many, many years. And before that, PS I Love You, XOXO, it kind of funny. So I know a lot about PlayStation and like what's going on there and how a hardcore community feels about stuff, because I'm a patron for one of those, so I kind of get to read what people are saying and things like that. Um, and yeah, even people who are looking at the PSVR are like, well, it has a cord on it. Like, the point wasn't necessarily that it had a bunch of cords, but that it was tethered to the console. So you're going to get, like, less of an experience being tethered to the console. And how this relates to Xbox is, like, PlayStation is the piece, is the console proof of concept for a VR headset. But the real ecosystem for VR seems to be mostly relegated to PC which the, with the HTC Vive and the Quest, too, because of the hardware and the modifiability of the hardware uh, and being able to like up your system for specs that allow it to run properly and all these other things. And that's just where the better tech is, it seems to be. What, if you want to go off this topic, what, what do you think about what I said and, and where do you want to go from here in the discussion? Um... So, from what it seems like, the Oculus Quest uh, is largely smartphone focused, okay, and not PC focused. So that's why it doesn't. That's why it doesn't have. Uh, it doesn't have cords. Okay, um, and more accessible then. Uh, yeah, more accessible uh, and works great. I tried it. I tried a version of it at 
uh, school once, and uh, it worked pretty solid with my phone and all uh, and all that kind of stuff. But that was neat. Um, the PC versions, like the HD HTC Vive Pro, um, has this one might not have any cords, or it'll be uh, from what the Amazon page I can't really tell. But uh, it's also sixteen hundred dollars. Ah, yes, the price factor. So. Sony seems to be having the accessible VR headset for their console, and they do have a large install base. But how many? I don't know how many people bought the original PSVR. Like, I don't think it's that many. No, it's it was all. in the, it was in like a maybe a maybe a million. Maybe? I think it was like low millions. If yeah. I'm remembering properly, I've heard before, but I forgot since then. I think it was in the low millions of people, and a lot of people I know in the PlayStation community who have PSVR don't use it regularly. Like, they buy it because they're hardcore PlayStation fans. And they play like a couple few games or whatever, and then they don't use it for like years on end or months on end. It's it's kind of just like a showpiece. Well, I don't you know? I don't think it's unfair to say that the only relevant game that has ever been made for VR in terms of a big budget game is that uh, Half Life Alex game. Yeah, that really pushed uh, Valve's. Uh, was it the Vive that you can? Play yeah, the on? Vive, and uh, and well, you can play it on a on an old Oculus. I think that you plug in too, but. Uh, uh, it just has to be played like on Steam or Steam. Yeah, it's it. a from people who I've heard who played that. Like some people thought it was like their game of the year, and it was really shorted last year in the Game Awards and other things, kind of for yeah. It was really really good, actually. So that's the future of VR. They have fancier controllers. They have their fancier headset. I don't think for the money that PlayStation will ever be able to replicate that until that technology is far in advance. And Phil Spencer has always kind of said that until the cords are removed. And there's a better way for the controllers. Like, through the last four or five years, there have been these prototype controllers that are like gloves that you could use. But three yeah. or four years ago, they were like 10 grand a piece. So obviously those need to dramatically go down. But if you can figure out this glove system where like you pick up fake things and like your gloves tighten to they like you're holding something and all that kind of stuff works. But then you still need an enormous room to make this work since you can't see where you're walking around like you need a decent sized setup which most people don't have in their house it, like uh, people in or big apartment. cities and, and apartments yeah like they don't got the space for a vr room so even the people that like have the money to spend on this kind of thing might not have the money for the space to have this kind of thing i feel like That's this is too. always going to be a niche segment until you get something like the ready player one stuff from that movie where you can sit in a chair and it makes you feel like you're in the game yeah and, and apparently sony didn't super believe in their vr headset to begin with either because they didn't pump a shit ton of first party support into it they had some but uh, i don't remember precise numbers but it, they they did not really support it as much with their first parties because they realized the return on investment was going to be menial at best <laughs> so because it was so few models were actually shipped yeah, so in terms of will Xbox ever truly care about this, I think like many things, Xbox will care about it when it is relevant to Microsoft. Yeah, um, Sony is got, getting in on the ground floor of VR. They're they're a largely a tech company, Sony, um, with cameras and screens and, and other things. And, and VR seems to be something that could be big moving into the future and possibly something that they wanted to make. Uh, kind of larger earlier with their own support with the PSVR. Now they're continuing to invest with the PSVR 2 or whatever it's going to be called. Um, and it's like VR has a future for sure in things like I've heard people talk about with like sports or concerts 
or if you could put on a VR headset and be looking through like a Mars rover and be able to like see the surface of Mars in a, in a VR headset and other things outside of gaming where VR can be used. And Sony's trying to put that at the forefront with, with gaming, but also have a head up and whatever else is going to come from VR. From Xbox, what they've talked about, and Phil Spencer particularly, is he doesn't see VR as a you know worthy investment for gaming at the moment. And I know they made the Microsoft HoloLens, not Xbox, but you know Microsoft generally released that HoloLens, which I think yeah. I don't don't think did super well, but was more of a business application to begin with, um, high end business application. And I think Phil Spencer and others at Xbox have said that AR or augmented reality seems to be more the way to go uh, in the future, as opposed to virtual reality where you have to put on a headset or whatever they're more for like interacting with the world as opposed to creating a fictional or like a putting on a headset and and things i believe there's a place for both but it seems like xbox does not care about getting into vr right now and if they did they would need to support it very heavily with first party titles and first party investment and at the moment even though they've acquired you know bethesda they're going to be putting games uh, all their games are going to start releasing here pretty soon on the series x and we're actually going to get the ball rolling on a first party drought that's existed for like half a decade like they have to fix their console ecosystem first before they can even start investing in first party vr support let alone a vr headset and everything it's, it's just not going to happen yeah and jumping off what you said about ar um that has already been proven to be far more successful than vr at least in its current instance like as many people as bought the htc vibe and played half-life alex and all that kind of stuff. Way more people play Pokemon Go. Yeah, exactly. It's true. <laughs> like gaming, gaming in an AR space is even more proven on phones rather than virtual reality at this point. So that's a good. I forgot about Pokemon Go. That's yeah, a great so, point. So, like, I really think this is a niche market that could grow into a bigger market, but it just it doesn't seem like like this isn't the same comparison of well, people still play on consoles and like. You're also expecting people who play PC games constantly, who play consoles constantly, you're expecting them to get up and like participate actively in uh in video games where they have to be the main character. Like uh even if you make this VR that I was talking about with these gloves and these the and way like you a can vest hold things that you and, can put on that has haptic feedback on yeah, it. Yeah, and you feel yeah. all this stuff, like that almost makes gaming less accessible. <laughs> Because if I'm playing Call of Duty, like, how many people can legitimately hop in a video game and be a Navy SEAL? Like, you might feel like you're a Navy SEAL, but it's going to be pretty damn hard to do what you do in Call of Duty with a controller in a VR headset. Could you imagine having to run in place no. the amount that you sprint no. in Call of Duty uh, to even out with someone who's playing on a controller? Yeah, it's, it's or a, a totally different thing that seems disconnected from <laughs> gaming as we know it currently. Um, and you need games for it. That's another thing about VR. And there are some games, like Resident yeah. Evil 7 had that VR mode, and Beat Saber looks fantastic, and I would love to play Beat Saber because that looks awesome. And they have these uh, a lot of other things, like uh, Dan Harmon uh, invested with, like, uh, what is it, Job Simulator or Accounting Simulator and those types of things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those, those games, or even that Rick and Morty game. Like, I'd say those four games, Beat Saber, Job Simulator, Half-Life Alex, and uh, the Rick and Morty game, those games... Yeah, th those games are solid. Uh, the Resident Evils of the world, I would say that those are essentially like, instead of using your right finger, your right thumb to look around, they replace that with your head. 
and then everything else is still controlled by the controller. I think that's an interesting implementation for console gaming. That's that's far more immersive. You have a TV on your head where you're you're in the game and everything else you do is kind of with the controller. So I get that sense of VR where Resident Evil kind of did it that way. But in terms of this full embodied like all-encompassing VR, I don't think that's we we don't even have consoles technically yeah. like really playing games at 4K60 yet. Even on the new consoles, they struggle with it sometimes. Whether that's optimization or uh, something that remains to be seen in the future. Yeah, and the the big hope was that like in the 2013 to 2016-ish era was like Sony's huge investment in VR and with HTC Vive and Oculus and all that coming down that VR would become a more mainstream, larger thing that would be worth selling millions and millions of units and putting out, pumping millions and hundreds of millions of dollars into first-party titles and other things. And it really hasn't manifested yet and in terms of xbox you're right it's like a totally niche thing right now only hardcore gaming niche people on playstation 4 pro at the at the moment or on pc care about uh vr half-life alex seems to be the only real proof of concept for a huge game that's really fantastic vr made uh awesome experience uh, and it just yeah it's, it's really niche and xbox has said or phil spencer has said on the matter they don't really believe in it there even if they did, they believe more in some sort of thing like that. They believe more in augmented reality than virtual reality, and it's it's just it's Xbox won't be investing in it anytime soon, from what has been said and what we can tell. Yeah, and we definitely feel the same on that topic. And if you, the listener, disagree, or if you want to throw in questions for next time we do this, if we actually get this podcast all out and done, uh, you can reach out at at xblock podcast on twitter hit us up over there we're also gonna have a tiktok at xblock tiktok where i'm gonna take a uh an audio clip that i think is funny and uh slap yeah. it in the uh on our tiktok so traditional jaren would pick one of those quotes <laughs> from uh yeah the Techland uh <laughs> it will develop his staff but i feel like <laughs> that'll that'll get us in too much trouble so i'll have to just find something funny Explain the faff to me, Jaren. So the faff, uh, if you're British, you know what it means, and or you don't, because it's a made-up word that Gavin and Achievement Hunter <laughs> made up one time, and, and in that case, I'm sorry. But uh, essentially, it's the nonsense. Uh, the stuff that really doesn't matter. And if you see something you care about in this topic, uh, in here, in the faff, and you're like, hey, that matters to me, uh, so do a lot of people in your life that I don't care about, too. And we're going to make fun of it as if we don't care about it. <laughs> so don't that's not we're not saying we're not saying you don't you you're not allowed to care about it. We're just saying we don't care about it. And uh, and who knows if you can somehow make me care about it on Twitter. Like I said, reach out on the at uh, X block podcast. I'll read it. And to be honest, some of these we may actually slightly care about more than others. But for the large part, it's news that we don't need to have a four minute discussion on. <laughs> Yeah, surprisingly, the first two, they just didn't fit in the, they just weren't good, weren't big enough to put in the other topics, so I put them in here. But we, like, we're mildly interested. What's the first one, Jaren? So Stardew Valley has announced a board game. Well, see, my girlfriend, uh, really into Stardew Valley, really big fan, has it on the Xbox and the Nintendo Switch with, like, two separate worlds or whatever. Uh, I may actually have to buy this to my chagrin. Yeah, so this is, this is a Christmas Christmas gift. 
I like board games, so I'm down. You can get it for me too. Nah, I don't even know if she'll play it, but it'll be like a nice piece. To, like, Fifty-five dollars American. Uh, God, <laughs> not a not outrageous for a board game, especially a custom-made board game. Yeah, but uh, expensive. They there was a there was a custom-made Jumanji that was two hundred dollars American. No. If that if that evens it out for you, so so not a terrible price. I'm good. Uh, next up, we have. Minecraft Dungeons Flames of the Nether DLC adds 10 achievements, and that launched yesterday. So I actually do want to talk about this for a second. Minecraft Dungeons uh, released on Game Pass, what, a year ago, however long. And uh, we were like, cool, you know, Game Pass, that's nice. And then they're like, okay, we have a Seasons Pass with like a few, two or three DLC. And you're like, but you get a little discount if you have Game Pass or games with, or, or gold or some shit. And you're like, okay, cool, and a little bit of discount, I'll buy the DLC. See, and then it's like, cool. You buy it, you get the DLC, you play it, you get all the achievements because that's what you do, and you're out. You're like, all right, bouncing, we're done, GG. And then they announce a season two, and you're like, oh god, one of these fucks. And they're like, yeah, we got new, 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 uh, new maps coming out, new DLC, and new achievements, bro, for the low price of a hundred billion dollars for you goddamn DLC. I'm like, god. So now, at some point, Jared and I are gonna have to buy the DLC and get these new achievements, or I'll have to do it by myself because that's the fucking dumbass that i am so no, I'm thanks for adding two new 10 new achievements the game is fun it's very simple but if you if you just want to talk to your friend while you play it's very fun uh in that way and it's kind of like a diablo light you know very mild diablo uh i hate that it keeps adding new achievements and that's it that's all i have to say all right moving on to the shit that we don't care about the real faf faf x it's time to talk about some news <laughs> uh First one, God. Marvel Avengers, our our big boy, a constant, uh, like, I guess it's got a constant place in the FAF because no one cares about it. No, it was here last week too. I think if we post yeah. that episode or not, <laughs> it's uh, it's PS5 and Xbox Series X graphic enhancements have been detailed. Dude, if you take a piece of shit, Jaren, and you're like, this is a 720p piece of shit, and you're like, all right, cool, and then you make it a 4K, 8K. 120 frames video with ray tracing, detailed texture, three-year worked-on piece of shit, Jaren. It's still a piece of shit. Yep, and because it's a piece of shit that Sony pays money for, uh, on PlayStation, it will run on two modes. Highest performance mode, where the game, I guess, runs at a higher performance. They don't mention what it is, but that's 4K at... Oh, no, it's 4K at 60 frames per second. So that's the high performance. 4K at 60, still. Um... And then it also has a 4K mode, which has a native 4K resolution and an unspecified frame rate. I'll just throw this out there, man. Jaren is a huge Avengers or Marvel's fan, Marvel fan. Jaren's a huge Marvel fan, and he doesn't care about this game because it's ass. And if you care about this game, to each his own. Some people like, you know, ass and shit, so that's you. But we don't give a fuck. Yep. And uh, on Xbox, uh, it'll only have the native 4K mode, uh, not the the upscaled uh, whatever. I, I don't know if that's because the native 4K mode just runs at 60 on its own, so they didn't mean that they didn't need to make another mode, or if they just because Sony pays the money decided not to give a, give Xbox both modes. I'm glad you're and, still delivering news while I'm talking about this. <laughs> I, just, I just don't care. I don't care. At and all. if you have a if you have an Xbox Series S, you can play it at 1440p. So, uh, I guess, I guess get excited. Uh, no. Also in the FAF, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 coming to Xbox Series X. And in a weird spin 
for Activision. Uh, it's actually, uh, I think you just get it if you have the previous edition. If you just get it, then it's good. And if you have to buy a new version, you can eat my fucking ass, Activision. Uh, let's see. People who already bought a digital copy of the game uh, can upgrade to the same console family with all of your progress at no cost, except in Japan where it costs 100 yen. What about the physical version? Ooh, there you go. What if you went to the store in a pandemic or got it delivered or Amazon or whatever and you got the physical? Is it the same thing or do you have to buy a new copy? Note, this seemingly only applies to the deluxe edition. Oh, it's deluxe edition. Okay. And well, that you this know. offer doesn't seem to be available for the disc version of on Xbox One. So never mind, it's oh. Activision being Activision. Yeah, okay. Activision will also sell a cross gen deluxe bundle that costs ten dollars more. Alright, that's enough of this story. Uh fuck you, Activision. Yeah, eat my ass. You suck. In better news, a man who's possibly more successful than Activision. It's been said. Uh, Soldier Boy is planning on releasing another video game console. Hell yeah, do Soldier Boy tell? Yeah, and here's what he's gonna tell us. When you go to Soldier Game on Twitter, when I go, yeah, yeah, when you do, uh, he's building a new console from scratch, all new design. What's it gonna play? Uh, currently, it looks like a PlayStation controller sitting on top of an Xbox One S. Okay, I mean, <laughs> that's. Some that's that's an entrepreneur entrepreneuring, I guess, and the market will decide how we all feel about that. Yeah, and it has a tough competition that is apparently coming from uh, the KFC console that is 4K, 240 frames per second, and comes packaged with a chicken chamber that will keep your chicken warm. Now, as a game. now listen, that one sounds like something that's worthwhile. I'm not gonna <laughs> that sounds hype as shit. Uh, so there you go, and uh, yep. So Soldier Boy, he says, nothing's going to happen. Everything is legit. My console isn't going anywhere. Trust me. I trust him. He sounds trustworthy. That's what he says. Uh, I believe that uh, at some point he will also Superman that hoe. Yeah, watch me. Ooh, I remember that. Shout out to 2008 or whatever the hell that was. Also, in other news, uh, planned Toronto Esports Arena has 7,000 seats and looks wild. I threw this in because I'm from Toronto. I can tell you why this is fab. 7,000 seats, and in their, their description of it, they say they're going to have high-end concerts. No big act in, in anywhere is going to perform anywhere for 7,000 people. No. You would know better than me. So th this will be great for esports, maybe. Uh, but the Toronto reselling market for tickets is always ridiculously expensive, so it'll just be insanely expensive to go to this, and nobody will be able to enjoy it. So thanks, scalpers. I'm going to fly to Toronto, and I'm going to visit that concert, take a selfie, and then send it to you, and, and like when I get back home, so that like I didn't even visit, I just went there and did that, and I didn't tell you, and then I went there. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> uh, Codemasters is to remain as an independent group after EA acquisition. Cool. All right, moving on. Bungie confirms new IP to launch by 2025 and plans to expand Destiny into additional media. In other news, Jaren claims to be married in 2025 and have seven <laughs> children. All, both, both equally possible, both also not possible. Not Nobody knows. It's 2025. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, pandemic happened a year ago. Like, what do they think? 2025? It's like, I mean, I guess that's a plan, but nah. Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 delayed again. Lead developers replaced, so that game's not coming. That's out. not that's not looking good. <laughs> that's some Dead Island 2 shit. Yeah, that's 
I don't know where that's going, but that looks that smells like some some software that's not coming out to me. Yo, maybe they should hire Techland to replace them. <laughs> <laughs> I can't repeat what they said about that shit in Techland when they. Got, or do you, they gave or the do you think the lead developers were replaced because they also hate women and gay people? Yeah, I don't know, man. That's Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines too. If you were looking forward to that, man, <laughs> gonna be waiting a while. And uh, if you were looking forward to getting money from the Xbox lawsuit, uh, now you're getting V-Bucks. A thousand of them. That's the settlement in the Fortnite loot box settlement. Which Jaren mentioned for the Bethesda story earlier. It's like for that lawsuit that could allegedly uphold the, or hold up the uh, the, Bethesda, the Microsoft acquisition as Enemax, uh, they could just like get, uh, load, uh, do a thing where they just like give all the season pass owners access to creative, uh, what was it, creative? Uh, yeah, creative club. Creative club. And then that is that that's if a judge would have to be like, OK, what more do you want? Because that's addressing the grievance. So, yeah, the you know, what, you know what lawsuit was bigger than uh, the Fallout 4 Seasons Pass lawsuit? Uh, the Epic Games Fortnite loot box scandal. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> In other Fortnite news that no one cares about, a possible alien content. I like but alien. I'm a big you'll alien just be, fan. You'll just be playing Fortnite with an alien so like it's who cares i don't i don't care you asked i don't at all and i'm an alien fan next next on the docket free outriders demo arrives next week featuring the prologue and opening chapter dude not even for free i'm good when it's on sale it is a three-player co-op game caleb and i will probably play it but a demo is not a demo when it comes out one month before the game comes out. You're not going to change anything. No. You, demos used to mean something, you know? It's just and, for consumers. Yeah. Uh, Ubisoft has announced Siege stuff. If you care, you already know what it is. That's all of that. Yep. And the best news story of the day. A No Man's Sky player has accidentally hatched a massive dinosaur. Tell me about it. In a move that shocked even the devs. One No Man's Sky player has managed to hatch a massive dinosaur in the new Companions update. And there is a screenshot of this man with his big-ass dinosaur. That's a true hero. That guy deserves all the No Man's Sky praise in the world. And then other No Man's Sky players proceeded to show off their exotic species of pets. Even the developer was not sure how this big-ass dinosaur was made. I, and that... I don't even have anything to say about that. <laughs> just, just, okay. I like that No Man's Sky has made so many changes to their game, even they don't know yeah, what's possible Yeah, they're like, it's now. a massive dinosaur, and then the devs are like, how'd he do that? And I'm like, you're the devs. You're God in this universe. What do you mean, how did he do that? When they announced the game, everybody universally said, wow, the possibilities are endless. Then No Man's Sky came out, and everyone went, wow, the possibilities are really, really <laughs> limited. Then they patched the game, and now even the devs don't know what the possibilities are. Yeah, so really hit their... Hit their stride here three so years So if you later, want a huge-ass dinosaur, hop on No Man's Sky, talk to whoever made the huge dinosaur, and uh, let us know how big your dinosaur is, all right? This is going to be the new, the new uh, thing that you drop when you go out to the bar at night. That's not a euphemism. Don't yeah, do that. No, it, walk up, uh, when, the, when bars are back open and COVID's done, I want you to walk up to the first girl you see and tell her how big your dinosaur is in No Man's Sky. See if she's a fan <laughs> of the game. And that's all for the faff. Our last two segments, outro and a quick update on our game class, uh, game class, game pass or game play. Essentially, if the first episode doesn't come out, this is a segment where we spin a wheel every month 
for all the games in Game Pass. They've been curated by me a little, so we don't have 17 FIFAs and uh, that kind of stuff, or games we've already played. So we spun the wheel last week. It was exciting. Everyone was excited. My dog was excited. I was excited. Caleb was excited. There it is. I was a little excited in multiple ways. And um, the wheel landed on Donut County. There it is. And uh, I have gotten one achievement in it because I needed to get an achievement to complete a quest uh, for the Xbox or the Xbox Game Pass quests. So I got an achievement for clicking on a duck a hundred times. Great. Gave me the achievement. So far, loving the game. Played five minutes of it. By the time February's over, I should have completed it. So you guys will get our full review, and we will choose a new game for March. Yes, and th- like I like Jaren kind of said, this segment is uh, if we did the first episode didn't come out, or just to reiterate, uh, we spin the wheel, one Game Pass game, we play it one time a month. So you're gonna we're gonna play one game per month. Uh, may not finish it if it sucks ass. May only play it for a few hours. Well, but we'll, we will give you our review of said game. Uh, up to the point where we at least played it, because if I'm not playing like fucking, I don't know, is Yakuza in Game Pass now? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll like everything except like a dragon. You bet your sweet ass I'm not playing all of Yakuza. So play it. What for... if it's really good though? You might. <sighs> I I know me, and it, there's no way. So, <laughs> and uh, yeah. Anyway, we'll review it, and so you will know whether a certain game in Game Pass is worth picking up, or whether you should Game Pass on it. <laughs> And I have a huge update for this one, by the way. Uh, installed it earlier today, uh, 500 megabytes. So far, so good. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for listening to the X-Block podcast with your hosts, Jaren and Caleb. Let's get out of here. If you want to follow us, you can hit us up on at X-Block podcast on Twitter or at X-Block podcast on TikTok so far. All I really have to say to end the podcast is... Shout out to Chicago. I hope you keep your violent, your violent video games, and I hope you keep your cars. Indeed. Thanks for listening. X-Block Podcast out. This is your host, Jaren, just letting you know that every Monday you can get a new episode of the X-Block, whether that's on Spotify, Apple Music, any of the preferred platforms, CastBox, SoundCloud, YouTube. Hell, we've even got some clips on TikTok. So if you're interested, come check us out. X-Block Podcast everywhere.